Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Christmas presents. Well, you know, folks, I don't know about you. I don't know uh, around this time of the year what your family is like, but a mom sort of, you know, peacefully, gently strolling along with her two kids on a sleigh with beautiful snow angels in the background. (laughs) That is not my family, okay? No, in fact, about a week ago, you know, we were all out by the Garden State Plaza. Have ever, you guys ever been there? I mean, this just, oh my goodness. We were out there, we were taking our Christmas card pictures, right? Our annual pictures, all right? Anyone else get any of those? Anyone here do the Christmas cards, you know, with their family? You got to get a nice, happy picture. Everybody all smiley and happy. Well, then you know where this is going, right? Because here's the deal, okay? I have three girls, okay? There's six and under, all three of them, okay? So it is a chore to get them all like bathed and their hair straight and their clothes on and, you know, we're fighting through traffic and the Christmas crowds and you, you got an appointment, you can't be late, you know, if you miss this appointment, you still have to pay, all this stuff. And there's that, that's this pressure, this constant pressure to capture like this Kodak moment, right? Where we're all smiling and looking at the camera and, you know, it's like constant like, like, Allie, just smile, please. Nori, stop hitting your sister. May, oh my gosh, another diaper change. I can't believe this, right? This is going on, and if you look very closely at the four faces, if we can go back, you, you'll notice that, you know, the, the girls, they're all smiling, they're all happy. If you look very closely at mine, um, that's not really a smile. There's a little bit of pain there. Like, my eyes aren't even, like, focused on the camera. You try carrying four Korean ladies on your back, okay? My sciatica was like flaring, oh, my sciatica, you know? And that's just about what December feels like for me sometimes. It is back-breaking, okay? So Christmas presents, bah humbug. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for coming to Liquid Church. My name is The Scrooge. 
<laughs> no, actually, I'm Pastor Tom, and honestly, I can't tell. I, I, can, I, can, actually, I can just tell from the very looks uh, of many of you here that I'm actually not the only one who gets a little bit overwhelmed during this time of the year. In fact, quick survey here. Just be honest. Raise your hands. Go ahead and raise your hands if you've ever felt like, you know, if you're even just now starting to feel a little bit of the Christmas crush. Go ahead. Raise your hand. Yeah, I see a lot of hands out there, right? The frantic shopping, the to-do list, the crowds, the crazy traffic, the parking lots. Oh, the parking lots. Incredible, right? The end of the year reviews at work, right? The, the, the goals that you need to meet, the deadlines for the end of the year. A lot of hands out there. We all get that. And so the timing of this series actually could not be any better as we find ourselves in the middle of Christmas presents. This is a series where we are intentionally hitting the pause button, right? And we're carving out some time and making room for God's presence here with us during Christmas time. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew actually puts it this way. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God, what? With us. Exactly. Folks, did you know that God is with us? You know, as Pastor Tim shared last week, God is actually present and accounted for. That's what Christmas is all about. Not sort of, you know, frantically buying more and more presents, more and more gifts, but actually slowing down and being present before the Lord your God and he who has made himself present to you. And so let me ask you just a very candid question here. What would it look like if this Christmas you weren't marked by this sort of, you know, manic frenzy at the mall that I just described, right? But instead, you had a sort of peaceful state of heart and mind as you were constantly enjoying the presence of God. What would that actually look like, right? And don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that giving gifts is bad or that, you know, you should slack off at work. That would be ridiculous, right? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am asking you is this. How would this December be different if you actually enjoyed, actually acknowledged God's presence here with us moment by moment? Or let me ask it this way. Let me ask you this. How would this Christmas season be different for those around you if you were actually enjoying the rest of God. You see, I'm asking these questions because long before the first ever Christmas sale, God gave a special present. It was actually an amazing gift to his people, the Israelites. And it was the kind of gift that was designed to actually help them enjoy his presence in a more consistent and powerful way, no matter what the season was. This was like his specially gift-wrapped gift that he would give to his people, and they could enjoy it no matter what season. Does anyone know what the specially gift-wrapped present was that God gave to his own people? It's actually found in the Ten Commandments. And some of you are like, what? It's found in the Ten Commandments, a gift? The Ten Commandments are like a bunch of rules and regulations, a bunch of laws, a bunch of thou shall nots, right? Thou shall not murder, thou shall not steal, thou shall not commit adultery. Pfft, what kind of gift is that? 
It's like fruitcake or something. You know, what's, what's going on there? But Deuteronomy chapter 5 actually has in it a hidden little treasure. It's sort of a stocking stuffer. And this commandment is the only one in the scriptures that is stated positively when it comes to the Ten Commandments. In other words, it tells you what you should do. And the paraphrase actually goes something like this. Thou shall chill out, relax, take a day off. Actually, let's, let's read the exact words here. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12 there. And it says this, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Holy is just another word for setting it apart, okay? Keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox or your donkey or any of your animals, nor the alien which lives within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may what? May rest as you do. Now, folks, do not misunderstand what's happening here, okay? God actually created work. Work is good. In fact, God works, right? He's the creator. And we are actually created in his image. So work is not the enemy, but overwork is the issue of our day. That's what we're talking about. Do, do, you, do you remember this? Last week, Pastor Tim, he introduced us to this concept, right? He called it margin, right? Does anyone remember what margin is, right? We, we said that margin, it's that precious extra space between our load, right? These are our responsibilities and the things that we have to do, right? And our limits, what we can sanely manage without killing one another, okay? It's like that space in between, that breathing room, that buffer zone. That's our margin. And what God says here is, for six days you shall labor and do all your work. In other words, for six days a week, you know what? Just go at it, right? Just work as much as you can. You know, take on a huge load. Use all your God-given gifts and treasures and talents and abilities and fulfill your purpose and just make yourself... If you're, if you're an artist, you know what? Create. If you're a teacher, go ahead and teach. If you're a businessman, make lots of money. If you're a housewife, then raise those kids. But, but verse 14, the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. In other words, we all have limits. Thou shall rest. God says, you know what? I am going to mandate margin. So you need to think of it like this, okay? Think of it as this. We all have our limits. We all have our week, right? Everyone here has seven days in your week. No one here has any more. No one here has any less. We all have the same limits, but... Our work is different, right? Some of you do this and some of you do that. Whatever you call your work, whatever is your responsibilities, that's, your resp that's what you have. And God says, you know what? For six days, have at it. Go for it. To the hilt. But one day a week, one day a week, you need some margin. You are not a machine. One day a week, you need to take a Sabbath. So the idea is this. Once every week, the most spiritual thing 
that you could possibly do. For once a week, the thing that pleases God the most is for you to do absolutely nothing. Just rest. Now, why would God make such a big deal about this? I mean, if you think about it, right, this commandment actually makes God's top ten list. Have you ever thought of it that way? It even comes before the commandments not to commit murder, not to commit adultery. How is this even possible? Answer? It's because God loves us too much to, to allow us to continually fall into this vicious trap, this lie of thinking, you know what, everything depends on me. If I don't do it, it just doesn't get done. See, that is a self-destructive way of thinking. And it leads to a life without any margin, without any breathing room, a life that is not living at all, right? And so what God does is he sets actually a weekly reminder with the entire nation saying, listen, I want you to depend on me. Because you know what? One day you are going to be a powerful nation, one day, you will, you will have cities and armies and treasures. One day, other nations will actually come to you, and they will look for wisdom from you and provisions from you. And I cannot have you forgetting about me. I can't have you thinking that this was all somehow by the sweat of your brow. I need you to remember me. And so you know something? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this right here. I'm going to give you this. You know what this is? This is one of the most amazing gifts ever. Oh, oh yeah. You see, every week I want you to take the gift of Sabbath, a day of rest. See, this is a day of doing nothing but remembering God's goodness and faithfulness to you. Uh, a day where you don't have to contribute anything towards your success. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this gift. God is saying, I'm going to give you this gift by forcing you into a rhythm of rest that makes you actually feel like you're running behind. But here's what I'm going to do. On that day of rest, because of that day of rest, I'm actually going to provide for you in six days what you need for seven that's what God says. See, folks, Sabbath, Sabbath is a day of rest and reflection. Sabbath is a day for embracing the fact that you are actually a human being, not a human doing. Sabbath is a day for acknowledging that God is God and you are not. And for many of you here today, many of you here, this is like an extremely liberating truth. Uh, for you to hear that you are worth something, that you have value apart from what you actually produce, to understand that you have a God who actually commands you, take a day off. 
chill out, relax. I've got this under control. That's extremely liberating for you. Again, God actually mandates, think about that, he mandates margin. This is incredible. See, at the very outset of his relationship with his people, he commands Sabbath. You must take this gift. This, my, my present is for you to rest in my presence. My present is to actually give you my presence. Why? Because many of us are so compulsive and crazy and driven to prove our self-worth that God, out of his love for us, out of his unconditional love for us, intervenes and he commands rest. But the truth is, the truth is, this is a gift that many of us as Americans, we just don't want it. Let's just be honest, right? Sabbath is, is a gift that no one really accepts. In, in fact, we're, we're all looking for that gift receipt, right? Because we want to return it, right? And especially during this time of the year, because we don't think that we can afford it. Check this out. Did you know that as Americans, we work almost 200 hours more than we did 50 years ago? But here's the kicker. During that same period of time, that 50 years, the number of hours for sleep has actually decreased on average three hours a night. So we work 200 hours more per year, but we sleep on average three hours less. So catch this now. We are actually working more and resting less. We are literally restless. Now, why is that? Well, I can think of one reason. One reason is because that as Americans, we'll spend somewhere around 200 billion dollars on Christmas gifts alone this year. 200 billion dollars on Christmas gifts. That's more than two-thirds of our nation's defense budget. See, folks, we are absolute experts. We lead the nations. We lead the world at working harder to sleep less so that we can spend more. Right? No wonder why we become slaves to our work. No wonder why our very identity is like wrapped up in this crazy, never-ending cycle. And you know what? This is where it gets so interesting because the contrast to the gift of Sabbath is actually the curse of slavery. Uh, breaking your back to, to work like a dog to meet the culture's expectations. This is very interesting, okay? The Sabbath command, it, it actually has a second part. If you look there again at verse 15, many of us, we forget this part of the verse, but this is the part of the commandment. It says, verse 15, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Quick history lesson here, folks. This... Uh, at this moment, okay, the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptian pharaoh for no less than 400 years. Okay, so understand this now. Understand that generation after generation after generation after generation of these people, they served as slaves in Egypt. They were chained up. They, they, they were shackled. They, they were whipped by their slave masters. 
In fact, here's how Exodus chapter 1 describes their typical work week. Check this out. It says, The Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter and hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. Some of you are like, wow, I didn't know they worked in the same office as me. Gosh, that sounds like my boss, okay? You see, the fact of the matter here is this. Although the Israelites were God's people, they were actually also slaves to their work. In fact, in, uh, later on in Exodus chapter 5, when they actually dared to, to, to ask for some time off, right? Uh, some Sabbath to worship their God. Do you know what the Pharaoh said? Here's what Pharaoh said. He said, go back to your work. And then on that same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers, right? And he said this, you are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Do not reduce the quota. Why? Oh, they're lazy. That is why they're crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the men so that they keep working and pay no attention to the lie. Folks, do you see what's happening here? For 400 years, the people of God, right, they were trying to live a life of Sabbath, right? They were trying to worship their God and take a day off, and then yeah, for 400 years they're doing this, and what happens is the Egyptian pharaoh, he says, no, 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 forget all that junk. You're not doing that. You, you're not going to have a life of margin. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you, you are going to have a life of making bricks. You're, you're going to break bricks. You're not going to make margin. You're not going to have that stuff. No, you are going to break bricks, and you are going to make them, and this is brick after brick. That's what you're going to do. Every single day, you're going to do brick after brick after brick. You're going to keep on baking bricks, making bricks, baking them, breaking them, all that stuff, all bricks, 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 bricks every day. And I love this, okay, because I know that the Pharaoh was from Egypt, but he must have gotten his MBA from Harvard. Because did you notice what he says there? He's like, I want you to make double the bricks in half the time with half the amount of resources. Do you guys know what I'm talking about here? Is anyone, is anyone stuck in that hole because of this new economy, right? I was talking to someone actually a couple weeks ago, right? And he was saying to me how this year it's been absolutely so brutal for him at work, right? Because his upper management is expecting that he double his profit margin, right? While all the while, his staff is like stripped down and he has a fraction of the budget that he did three years ago and he wants this all done like yesterday. And that's exactly what's happening to the Israelites. They're like working faster and harder and making and, and baking more bricks to build more and more and more and more until one day, you know, God just stops it and he says, ho, 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 hold on. What is going on here? You were, you were made for more than this. Guys, you're my people. You were not slaves to your work. I am the God who breaks bricks. He says to them, you're my people. You're not slaves. I'm your God. You can't be slaves to your work. It destroys your souls. See, folks, this right here, this is the gift. 
This is the best gift that the world has to offer us. It's the pile of bricks where your job is never done. And it actually, it sort of mocks you saying, build more. You had better do better, faster, in less time, forever and ever and ever. Right? It's amazing. But God says, no, no, no. You know something? I'm actually going to let you choose this Christmas. Do you want this? Or do you want this? See, folks, with the Sabbath, God is literally stretching out his arm, just like we read in scriptures just now. He's stretching out his arms and his mighty hand, and he's offering his people freedom. Freedom instead of slavery. Sabbath? Sabbath is a full-scale rebellion against slavery to our work. It, It is a gift that God provides for those of us who have left Egypt, a a place where our worth and our identity was tied to the number of bricks that we produced and how fast we produced them. Once again, Deuteronomy chapter 5 puts it like this. Remember that you what? Were. You were slaves. That is past tense. You were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He's talking about the Red Sea. He actually parted the Red Sea for them. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Folks, this is God. This is who he was 4,000 years ago and this is who he still is today. It's Christmas time and he actually offers us the same exact choice you get to actually choose your present is it going to be this or is it going to be this you get to choose slavery or freedom which will it be now i know what most of you are like you know you're like oh pastor tom i want that pillow oh so plush and it's so good i need a day off oh i I want the rest of god i really really do but the truth is in the depths of our hearts we really don't trust we really don't trust god enough to take the pillow isn't that right in fact interesting little side note here did you know that after God parted the Red Sea with his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, and, and after he led his people out safely, you know, to the desert, away, far away from Pharaoh, do you know what the people of God actually said to him? This is hilarious. They actually said, we were better off in Egypt. I, I sort of chuckle whenever I think about that. In other words, God gives them this elaborate, amazing gift, and they're like, oh, oh, God, you know, oh, thank you, thank you. That's exactly what, yeah, I'm not a machine. I'm a person. Oh, you freed us. Oh, thank This is so, uh, uh, um, actually, maybe we were getting somewhere with this. I, I think I'll take this. I think I'll take the bricks. I, I'm more comfortable with this. And folks, this shows our insanity, right? It shows the sin, the insanity, the spiritual blindness in our hearts. And you can see why it doesn't take too long for a loving God 
for him to actually mandate margin as a gift. It all goes back to the very beginning of time. Folks, this isn't, this isn't like a Jewish thing. This isn't an American thing. This is actually a people thing. We are driven to distraction. And left to our own devices, we allow ourselves to become enslaved by our you know, back-breaking work. Right? We, we allow ourselves always falling for the same trick, the same line over and over again that, that our back-breaking, soul-crushing, manic pace will somehow bring for us you know, some sort of satisfaction. Believing that it will somehow bring for us some sort of sense of security. That it will somehow bring for us some sort of sense of profit. When the reality is God says, I want to take you by my mighty hand and by my outstretched arm, and I want to lead you out of slavery into a life of margin, into a life of freedom. So folks, what if this Christmas season, what if for this month, you accepted God's invitation to actually make less bricks? To take a small step and enjoy the presence of God to experience the rest of God by reintroducing the rhythms of Sabbath living into your life this December. How good would that be, right? It'd be great. I mean, I mean, in my mind, it'd be so great, but, but I have to be honest with you. At the end of Pastor Tim's message last week, just kind of an honest moment here, at the end of his message last week, I was, um, I was challenged, right? He was talking about margin and all that stuff. I, I was challenged. Because one of the things that he actually uh, recommended, one of the things that he challenged us to do was to, to rest our soul and to create, do you remember this? A not-to-do list, right? And I love the idea, okay, of creating a not-to-do list. Right? Uh, thought I might even try it, but then I got to the office on Monday morning and realized, ah, totally impractical. Not, not this week, right? I mean, I took, seriously, I, this, this, this genuinely happened. I took one look at my calendar and I thought to myself, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. A not to do list? <laughs> That's not really for me, at least not this week. I have way too much to do. I've got a bunch of meetings I've got to attend and, and lead. I've got a life group to visit here and there. I've got Christmas outreach coming up, a team to run. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I've got this little message to prepare for as well, okay? That's not happening this week. So honestly, I was like, you know, I was like, thanks, Tim, but no thanks. I didn't say that to him, but you know, right? And, and this, I was thinking, you know, there's no way. This isn't exactly the week for me to be thinking about a not-to-do list. But then, then I honestly realized, you know something? Saying no is actually a huge part of what it means to keep the Sabbath. And, and so I actually took a small step, and this is a very small step. I'm not like patting myself on the back. I'm just saying this is a small step that I realized. But, but this one night, I had like I had like a dozen or so hanging emails. You know what I'm talking about? Like these hanging emails that I had to respond to, right? One was for life groups. You're like laughing at me. Well, one of them was to you. One was, one was to life groups, you know. Another was about like a Beth Moore study that's coming up. A few were about the outreach. There were two about counseling. I had one about premarital mentoring and a couple about the uh, Christmas Eve service coming up, right? And I was actually, actually going to stay an extra hour or two and, you know, crank them out and try to knock them all out so that I had a, you know, a decent-sized inbox. But then I realized, you know what? They're actually going to be here for me tomorrow, right? 
They're not going to go anywhere. And so I actually packed up my bag. And I said no. And I actually made it home before dinner got cold and I got to kiss my girls goodnight. Erica was like totally surprised, right? And I know that's like a small, tiny little step, just a small, tiny little thing, but it's still a victory in my book because this is the time of year when especially as a pastor and Pastor Dave and Ozzy, that we can all attest, right? Especially as a pastor, things can get a little bit crazy around this time of the year. And so what's something that you need to say no to this week, right? In, in order to get back into some of that Sabbath rhythm. I remember talking to a few people last week after uh, Tim's message, and, and some people were like, oh, yeah, Christmas cards. Forget it. We're not doing that this year. No, I'm taking some Sabbath. Every time we do this Christmas card, I get into a fight with my wife. No, no, we're going to use that time. We're not going to do it. And instead, I'm going to spend that time with my family. Awesome. That's, that's great. Because remember now, Sabbath isn't just about taking a nap and falling asleep after you pass out from sheer exhaustion. No. It's actually about feeding your soul and being still. Again, you know, last week Pastor Tim shared how each morning for the past three months, uh, he's actually been reading from this little book called Jesus Calling. And I've actually been going through it myself. And what I love particularly during this time of the year when we're celebrating Advent, you, you guys know what, what Advent is, right? Advent simply, simply means arrival, right? During the season of Advent, we're, we're celebrating Christ's first arrival. He came to us as a little baby. And then we're also anticipating his second arrival where he comes as the king. And anyways, what I love is, is by... Is, is how when you divert daily, how when you spend like the first 15 minutes of your day or so by reading even a, a little simple thing like this, right? Reading a little bit of the scriptures, meditating on that. Some of you call it devotions. Okay, that's great. And when you do a little bit of that every day, it really helps you actually get into the rhythm of Sabbath as it prepares your heart for the arrival of God's presence. It's, it's actually this wonderful time of reflection before your day just kind of swallows it all up. See, folks, Sabbath, it isn't just about resting your head on a pillow and falling asleep. That can be part of it, but that's not all of it. Sabbath is a time of reflecting upon God and all that he has done for us, including the celebration of Christ's arrival, God's greatest present for us all. See, 4,000 years ago, he freed his people from the bondage of slavery. But 2,000 years later, he freed us all from the bondage of sin. That's true liberation. And that is something that is truly worth celebrating this month. So folks, I, I want to encourage all of us right now. In fact, you, you probably noticed that we've gone actually ahead and we've arranged, we've created a little bit of time and space here for you to sort of, you know, jumpstart your practice of celebrating his presence and getting into the rhythm of Sabbath by taking a few minutes, even right now, today, even now, we're going to clear up a little bit of space and give you the time to experience God's presence. I'm going to actually let the host fill you in on more of those details, but before he comes up and does that, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, at this time, during this crazy season, would you remind us that your greatest present to us is your presence with us? Emmanuel, God with us. That's what we're celebrating. Jesus actually came to be present with us. Father, thank you for that. 
Father, I, I just, I, these bricks that we have in our lives, God, help us to get rid of them. Help us to stop finding our identity in them. Help us to stop finding our security in them. Help us to stop finding our, our satisfaction in them. And instead, may we find those things in you and in your presence in our lives. Help us to break the bricks. And Father, help us during the course of this week to take the small steps of Sabbath sanity every day. We are not machines. We are people created in your image and even you rested. So help us to find our rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.